Hi, my name is Tom Alston. I'm the founder and CEO of Aeromarine Tax Professionals. Here on the Winning Pitch Broadcast, I'm going to tell you how it is. I'll be sharing the ins and outs of business management, improving your sales skills, building personal and professional wealth, and balancing it all with your personal and family life, excluding the part about balancing it with your personal life. Don't expect a filter because we're about to rustle some feathers. Have fun. Hey, everybody. We're back again on the hour, the top of the hour here with our next session of the 2020 Digital Aircraft Recovery in Aviation Virtual Summit. And I'm very excited. We're back again, Larry. How are you hey, doing? Good to see you again. <laughs> We're good. And we have a special guest with us today, Tom Alston. Tom, how are you today? I'm great as always. Very good. Hey, I love your positive attitude. I always have. Hey, Tom, where are you coming to us from today? I'm in my office in a little town just south of Sacramento called Elk Grove. Called Elk Grove, a small town called Elk Grove. All right. Okay, excellent. Hey, listen, um, I wanted to tell everybody is, is that uh, Tom is here with uh, Aeromarine Tax Professionals. And you might ask, well, why are we doing this right now? What's the importance of this? All right. Is that uh, Tom, tell us what your company does and why it's important at this time in our economy. My company, Aeromarine Tax Professionals, help people buy airplanes, vessels, and vehicles and legally avoid paying the California transactions tax. You may think of them as sales taxes, but in California, they're not sales taxes. They're actually a transactions tax, but it saves them eight to 10% every time they buy some. I've done 1,700 of these cases and not one of my clients has ever paid a dime in tax. That is incredible. And you know, when we're in a time in the economy where people are considering buying airplanes and economic times are difficult, looking at how we can reduce or eliminate tax on such a purchase is just an incredibly valuable thing. So everybody stay tuned because we're gonna jump into this and talk about it in just a minute. Don't leave, all right? I gotta tell you a couple of administrative things, all right? Listen, this is live on LinkedIn right now, but we don't believe that we can broadcast every single session for three days on LinkedIn. And the reason is, is that they don't really have the facility to be able to do that. And so what we've done is we've created an event with a link on the top that if you click on the link, it'll take you off platform to our website, where the website address that it goes to is live.recoveryinaviation.com. And there you can watch the uh, all the videos for three days. And uh, you can also make comments and you can interact with us. All right. So remember, this is a live session. Every one of these sessions has been live. Earlier today, we proved that because one of them didn't go perfect. All right. But everything looks good so far, guys. So I think we're looking good for this one. All right. And so I wanted to invite you to join us for the next three days in these sessions. And then the last thing I'll say before we kick off here is it really helps us, it helps us if you will share these sessions. If you will share these sessions, it helps get the word out and more people can be involved in our recovery in aviation. So I wanted to thank you all for joining us today. And let's jump into this dialogue and discussion about how we can buy airplanes cost effectively. All right. Okay. Listen, Tom, I want to start this off right away by just giving you an opportunity to just share with us is that you said you worked with 1,700 people over time. So what's been happening in your part of the economy right now with respect to buying airplanes? Are there more people buying them, less people buying them? Can you give us sort of an idea of what's happening in your marketplace right now? That's a great question, especially because I live in the Socialist Republic of California. There's so much misinformation. I, I'll have two guys that will call me that live in the same county, fly out of the same airport. One of them tells me he can't buy an airplane because he can't fly. And the other one is, I need to buy this airplane tomorrow. How are you going to help me? They're in the same 
place and they have two different perceptions of what they can and can't do. And that's the chaos that's resulting from all of that is, you know, I just, I always, when somebody calls me and asks me for information, I treat them like they're a millionaire. I actually take them very seriously. I approach them from the standpoint of I would, the way I would want somebody to approach me in terms of saving my money when I buy an airplane. Business as right when they first created this lockdown, it went off 80, 90%. It stayed that way for about two months. But I always push against government suppression. I believe that this whole thing is government suppression. And I just got to clear that off the air on that right away. Get that off your chest, right? Okay. Yeah, such as it is. Yeah. And I believe that I have to push against it. So I doubled my outbound phone calls. I doubled my social media. We make, we're a little small firm. I don't have a lot of employees. We make about 4,000 phone calls a week. We send out, we've sent out as much as a million, million and a half emails a month. We do as many as 100,000 posts a month. We just push against it. And it's always good news. If you follow me on uh, LinkedIn, you see that I, when I share stuff, I always say, we only do good news. If you send out posts that have crashes and death, and I mean, you can watch CBS and get all that crap. I want to only give people good news. That's just the way I think and the way that I want the planet to operate. You know, Tom, when I first met you, it was because I had posted something. I don't even remember what it was. It was last year sometime. And uh, you reshared it and you said you were resharing it because it was good news. And so, you know, that was my first introduction to you is because you are very good about picking up on good news and trying to project the positive and trying to create a positive view of the future. And so that's really why I wanted to have you you know, on this program is because number one, you have a relevant aviation business to what we're doing, but you're also projecting positive news toward the future. No question about that. Thank you. Yeah. Hey, so tell us a little bit more about your business. Then. It's not just airplanes, it's aero and marine. Correct. I do airplanes, vessels, boats, whichever word, the little tubs that go around in the water from, you know, maybe they're a hundred thousand or if they're a hundred billion, it doesn't really matter to me. And I also do certain vehicles, like a lot of movie stars have these million-dollar motorhomes. Or if a guy has a bunch of, he used to, when back in the old days when we used to be able to do trade shows, they used to move all of their equipment and their staff around the country. I can exempt all of those from California tax. So, Tom, is is it so? You're seeing a conflict in what people are perceiving is happening around you right now. And you said one pilot can say I can fly, and the other that I can't. How is that affecting your business? What are you? You know, you said you're trying to grow and you're pushing out against that. But what's creating the confusion? What's causing people to think they can't buy an airplane or can't fly? I don't know if I completely understand that. Are you ready for this answer? It's the liars who run the media networks. Okay, all right. They're the ones creating the confusion, and they're doing it on purpose. How that affects me. After the first couple of months where everybody went, oh, God, we can't leave our houses and all that other line crap. I'm not going to say it's back to normal because nothing. it'll never go back to normal. Those days are gone. There's not any of us who wouldn't love to have the problems that we had in January and February over the problems that we have now. Hmm. Airplanes are still selling. You know why? Social distancing. Boats are still selling. You know why? Social distancing. It's the reaction to the perceived problem and the controls. And, you know, if you don't want to get on a, one of these little aluminum tubes and sit on a plane with 185 sick people, you fly private. And the mm -hmm. solution is charter an airplane or buy your own airplane. With boats, it's kind of the same thing. You know, you, when you're out on the water, 
it's real easy to stay six feet apart because if you get that close, somebody's going to get hurt and you're going to break your stuff. Yeah. So it, it's really the solution. People finally woke up and go, oh, damn, I could get an airplane and I don't have to put up with it. It used to be the, just the TSA, but now I don't have to get on an airplane and squeeze in. And you can't squeeze in anymore because now they're not allowed to have anybody in the middle seats. I don't know if any of you guys have flown commercially lately, but it's a joke. And doesn't anybody care if the airlines all go out of business? How is this country going to move? How are we going to do anything? The only solution would be chartering and flying private. So reality is every great idea, every great product ever invented on this planet, every great religion came out of a time of suppression, came out of tough times. And, you know, we're natural born entrepreneurs. We're natural born problem solvers. So we're going to solve the problem. And when you take a look at this problem, it's really easy to see what it's all about. And you just push against it because all of us know that somewhere this will end. Whenever the government decides to give up, my guess is it'll be right after the election that all of a sudden everything will be magically okay. But I've been wrong before. But the most important thing is that the only responsibility I have as a business owner is to make sure that my company is still alive at that point. So the people that work for me still have jobs. And the people that want to buy airplanes and vessels and vehicles have a place to go and not be ripped off by the state of California. So, hey, Tom, you mentioned that in February and I guess February, March, April, you saw things really go down. Have you seen them come back up again in the business? A lot. Space? Yeah. A lot. And the interesting thing is in the, the small jets, yeah. people are buying more expensive stuff than the same guy would have bought six months ago or a year ago. Yeah. What about so, in the smaller airplane market, you know, King Airs and that kind of stuff? That's still okay. It's not great because I think the guys, if you were going from, a, say, a, a twin and you were going to go to a King Air, I think a lot of those guys are jumping right to the jet. Why? Oh, okay. Well, because it's real easy to convince your wife that you need to have an airplane right now. <laughs> I mean, you, you, let's look at the, you know, the, the simple facts. There's not a guy who buys an airplane and doesn't buy the most expensive that he can finally fit into whatever his perception of how much money he can pay is. They've all been that way. But you're spot on. People who never might have thought about buying an airplane in the past, they're thinking about buying that airplane now. Absolutely. Absolutely. A complete shift in, oh, here's a solution. I don't want to fly in a, in, on, on Southwest or Delta or American. I want my own airplane. You know, and sometimes those aren't good decisions because they don't understand how much they cost to operate. You know, it's like my friend Grant Cardone. He bought a, he recently stepped up from a G280 to a 550. Well, you were talking to Ryan earlier today. Yeah, right. You know, it, it makes no sense. There's not a CPA in the world will tell you that buying an airplane is a good decision because they're going to look at a 40 or $50 million expense because he bought a new one. And the reality is now he can go anywhere in the world. He has the, the right kind of airplane to do that and the right kind of pilots and the whole support staff. And he can go to multiple places and not be subject to an airline schedule, which can change at any moment. It makes from business sense. Now, the smaller, from a California standpoint, guys that are buying airplanes, you know what that gives them? Time with their family. They can go leave the state, go to two or three different cities, do business and be home for dinner. You can't do that on private. You'd have to go out and come back and go out and come back and go out and come back. Or you'd have to go out and sit and wait, match the schedule, sit and wait. And it's a waste of time. Airplanes are like time machines, really, from that standpoint. So, Tom, so 
definitely you're seeing an increase um, in activity. And uh, we actually have a couple more speakers over the next couple of days who are operating in this space. Two of them are actually promoting the sale of aircraft. And then a third one is actually a, a charter operator that actually in June and July of this year, they saw record profits this year because all the people that were wanting to fly jets, you know, basically right now. So, you know, definitely it's a really hot market. We can really see that. And all those charter guys, the reason they were flying charter is they want to see what it's like to fly in a jet because they're thinking about buying one. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. All right. So Tom, let me ask you this. Is it, do you help people navigate through the process of buying a jet? How, what is your role in helping someone to buy a jet or is it just tax or what, what's your role in that at this point? People reach out to me after they've already picked out their aircraft, they already have their pilots, they already have their aircraft management, whatever size they're in. And usually the last thing that they think about, yeah. oh, damn, I didn't think about sales tax. I mean, it's not unusual to be called, when are you taking possession? Well, tomorrow. Can you do anything for me? I can help you as long as you follow orders. Because if you hire me before you take possession and you follow all of my instructions, not one of my clients has ever paid a diamond tax. Wow. Wow. If you think you've heard that before, it's because I say it a lot. Okay. Hey, let me ask you this. Is that if someone didn't use, you know, a tax person like you to be able to save tax on buying an airplane, what's the financial impact on Grant Cardone's airplane, his $65 million airplane? If in California and it was in the two in the San Francisco area or the LA area, the tax on that, I think it's 55 is what he paid for it. The tax is five and a half million dollars. <laughs> wow. So you can, buy, you can buy two more small jets with that. You yeah. Know? yeah. A lot, uh, and a lot of us could live on that for a while. Clearly, what you're doing has some financial value and impact. There's no question about that. All right. How do people work with you? How does this even work? What do you do? What are your services for people? People call me. I explain the exemption processes because there's a two or three different kinds of exemptions and give them their pick. Then once they pick, I tell them how we do that. Most aircraft use what's known in California as the interstate commerce test. And the reason they use that is because they literally can have the aircraft inside of California every night of a six-month test period and still legally avoid paying the tax because that test period is based on flight hours across state lines and including international borders for business purposes. And that is what we use for Almost all airplanes. For boats, there's a different kind of an exemption known as the principal use test. All both, both of these exemptions start with you must take possession outside the state of California. That's the number one starting point for most of these exemptions. So if you find one in California, you have it delivered offshore, which is just outside the three-mile limit, and then you cannot bring it back into California for one year, and you have to provide the documentation for that. It's exactly, if you think that I'm being treated like I'm guilty until proven innocent, all taxes situations are exactly like that. You have control of the property. You have control of the documentation. The burden is on you to document everything that you do so it completely supports what you say you did. And you you don't get to talk your way out of it. You're never going to get an opportunity to testify. So we're documentation experts. We're like, do you remember the movie, uh, I think it was Animal House, and there was that little character with the little drunk girl laying on the, uh, the grocery basket, and they were trying to decide what they were going to do with her. One of them was telling one thing, one of them was do- telling another thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're like your conscience. <laughs> we tell you exactly what to do. We make you repeat it back to us, and then we follow up. Then you send your documents into us. 
And if we say we see that you didn't duplicate our instructions, we tell you to do it again. This is not right. This isn't going to work. And so in the beginning, the first month or two of collecting documentation from you, we go through that training process. Usually by the third month of that, we've got it down. And it's a very smooth process, mm-hmm. just like anything else. I'm an old baseball coach. I coached high school baseball for four decades. It's just a matter of showing up every day, putting in the work, establishing the discipline, and then holding the line, making sure that they don't fall off. Because if the state says that the threshold is 50%, in other words, there has to be 50% business hours, I know that people who buy airplanes are classic A-types. What does that mean? They were got sick because they didn't follow any rules and they colored outside the lines. Secondarily, because most of them, a lot of them anyway, are pilots. So by the very definition of what they like to do, they're constantly pushing the envelope. So if I tell them 50%, what do you think they're going to bring it in at? 50.1. If you turn in a tax return that has a threshold of 50% and you bring it in at 50.1, the tax auditor starts salivating, says, all I got to do is throw out one or two of his flights and I get to collect the tax. So by contract, when I engage people, I make them agree to keep it at 60%. That 10% margin of error is huge to the tax auditors, okay? And that's why we always win. And we're relentless about that. We're absolutely relentless about getting it done the way that we want it. So, Tom, let me get this straight. Is is that you basically really understand the rules, all right? And you make sure that people that buy airplanes, you know, follow your guidance and execute it according to those rules, and then they end up enjoying the benefit of reducing, if not eliminating, their taxes. That's really the bottom line, right? Absolutely. So I, like the word, I don't use the word mitigate. Zero is not a mitigation. That's no tax. It Mitigate means it's lower the tax. And yes, it's lower, but we lower it all the way to the bottom of zero. Okay. In fact, so, I've created a new program. It's been out since 2019. I have a new program for the skeptics. Okay, if you hire me to do something to get your tax exemption and you want this level of comfort, if it fails, I'll pay your taxes. That's how confident I am in what we're doing. We charge you 2 percent of the purchase price to do that. But I've never failed. Why should I be afraid? You can be afraid if you need a level of security, 2 percent of your purchase price. If it fails, I'll pay the tax, whether it's 8 percent or 10 percent. Doesn't matter to me. I'm not afraid. We're not going to that's a pretty bold statement there. Yeah. It That's is. why I brought it up. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Tom, let me ask you this. I'm going to take the negative side of this for a minute. Is that how do you not call it tax evasion? How do you say that it's legal tax? Let me answer the question that you answer struggled. the question. Answer the question. Two words. You have to understand the difference between evasion and yeah. tax avoidance. Okay. Tax evasion is tax fraud, and that's illegal, and I don't do that. I get offers every day from people. Let me tell you how I would do this, and I want to do it this way. Fine. If you can sleep with that, go ahead. I'm not going to play. Tax avoidance is legal. In fact, unbeknownst to most people, this case went to the Supreme Court of the United States, and they decided that not only can you, it's your duty as an American citizen to reduce your tax obligations as much as allowable by the law. That's what our Supreme Court decision stated. And guess when that Supreme Court decision was? 1934. I bet you there's not one socialist politician in this country who's ever read that. There it is right there. Yeah. So you're not being a good citizen if you're overpaying your taxes. 
It's quite yeah. simple. That's a very powerful statement saying that the Supreme Court says it's our own personal obligation to reduce our taxes. That's amazing. Or to avoid. It says obligation to avoid taxes. Yeah. yeah, the key word there is avoid, because if you change that word to evade, that's tax fraud. But you were struggling with those two words, and that's, yeah. that's the difference. Yeah. So thank you for clarifying that, because I didn't know the legal terms between the two. But what you're doing is you're basically helping people to understand on how to legally purchase an aircraft, as it says here, to avoid taxes, is what it is. Yeah. Absolutely. And in fact, people ask me all the time, does the state of California about knows, know about this? Wait a second. I told you I get 1,700 tax exemption letters. Where do you think they come from? They come from the state of California. They know us quite well. In fact, I believe that oftentimes they use us to train their new employees. Interesting. Because we know more about what they're doing than their new people. And why pass them off on some other response when they know that if they send it to us and they do their new employee does something wrong, we're going to correct them and tell them, exactly what to refer to because we're no we know what we're doing and when it comes to tax exemptions you know where we got all this information from from the states from the state of california they wrote the rules so it's their structure they did it i didn't do it i can't take credit for it i wish i could but i can't take credit for it so they wrote this structure if you do this then this and this and trust me they try to change it as often as they can okay so, Tom, do you only practice in California? Yes. Okay. So how much do you understand about other states? Do the same principles apply, or is it really different state by state by state? Sales tax is different state by state by state. And there, when I thought about it, the reason why I focused on California is that, unbeknownst to most people, 14 to 15% of all the airplanes in the United States, all end registrations are in California. So that was enough for me. That was a decision I made a couple of decades ago. Could I, would I do it differently now? Yeah, but it, I'd have to do a lot more work. And I'll give you an example. I decided once I figured out that Arizona had a tax structure that I could legally avoid the taxes. I started promoting that service. And I found out that when you dealt with them, they'd never grant you an exemption. In fact, I was told that if, you, if I continued to push them to get a letter to my client, which is what we get from California, they just make it taxable. That is the kind of thinking that we deal with. In fact, if you don't mind, I'll take a few seconds and I'll tell you about a story. I was doing a presentation for the Ohio State Bar Association and I was talking about tax exemptions and I was talking about the problems that where some people would come to me, they'd filed it on their own and it was held taxable. And they said, but my paper, paperwork seems to indicate to me that it's exempt. And I would look through it and I would agree to it and I'd put a cover letter on it and send it to the state. And they'd back right off and say, oh, yeah, we made a mistake. Bull crap. You didn't make a mistake. You did that on purpose. So that's the foundation of the story I'm going to tell you. I was telling that to the attorneys of this bar association. And some people were raising their hands and how can they do that? How can they do that? And a guy in the back raised his hand and he says, listen, I'm a district attorney of and I won't name the county. Our taxing agency, our county taxing agency routinely sends out tax assessments for a fictitious tax to their whole list because they know X amount of people will just pay it. Whoa. <laughs> to me, that's called extortion. Yeah, that definitely is. And I'll not say that anybody, everybody does that, but I certainly know about it. I find out about it because of my reputation in the community. People know me. I mean, why else would the Ohio, Ohio Bar Association ask me to come talk to them. I don't practice in their state, 
because of my reputation and my public value to them. Yeah. And and they know I don't shut my mouth. I'll tell them exactly how I feel. If you want to know how I feel about something, all you got to do is ask me and then stand back because I'm going to tell you. You seem like a bit of an introvert, though, you know. Just a little. <laughs> hey, Tom, how did you get started doing this? What's the beginning of all this? That's a great question. And my answer to it is always the same. The way I got in the sales tax business was baseball. Ah, yep. So I'll tell you this story. My son was eight or nine years old and was playing. Uh, he wasn't in Little League, but it was the same kind of thing, eight or nine year old. And uh, a guy that was coaching that team that he was on had started the, the first sales tax consulting firm in the state of California. He worked for businesses and helped them with their audits for the state, like liquor stores and grocery stores and restaurants and that kind of stuff. And I got to know him and we became great friends around the game of baseball. And we coached together for years. Take us from nine, let's go forward to about 11 or 12. My, I'm using my son's age as a reference. And then uh, he decided he wanted to retire. So he says, it's your turn to be the head coach. So he became the head coach. And I said, okay, I'll do that if you'll become my pitching coach. So that was the deal. Okay. So as we go through life, we're coaching together, but we switched. He was in charge and then I was in charge. And I spent every day with this guy. He was my best friend. At the same time, I owned the world's largest race car company and I sold it. It just, I got tired of being in that business. So I sold it. And I went, I kind of retired, went home and wrote a couple of books. And I'm also a novelist and write short stories. So I was doing that, but I got bored because it, oh, the way I was surviving was multi-level marketing. I was, I was making seven or $8,000 a month doing that. So I got bored in that. And so I contacted and recontacted him. I said, is there anything I can do for you? Because this game isn't big enough. And he says, well, I'm getting ready to run for public office. I said, okay, why are you telling me? He says, well, I need a campaign manager. I said, okay, I've never done that before, but let's do it. So I went to his office. I'm looking around at what his business and sees what he does. And while I'm there, I see that he's done an aircraft exemption for Greg Luckenbill, who's the guy that brought the Kings from Kansas City to uh, Sacramento. And uh, he got him a tax exemption. And I went into him. And, and, and at this point, I'm, I have nothing to do with aviation other than buying plane tickets. And I said, why don't you do this? It, it this looks very straightforward for me. And he says, it's, it's boring. It'd be, for me, for, I, I like these all complicated tax cases. This would be boring. It'd be too simple for me. He said, why don't you do it? I said, hmm, I'm not a college graduate. I'm not a detailed guy. So, of course, what did I say? I said, yes. <laughs> I made a group with him that I don't, want, I don't want any benefits. I don't want any medical insurance. I don't want to be treated like an employee. I want 28% of the cash that we collect. So if I do work for somebody and we bill them and they don't pay us, I'm not going to get paid. And who wouldn't hire a guy that will only eat what he kills? Okay. So... He's, we started that business that way. In a couple of years, I was doing 75% of the volume of his entire company, and he had, I think, five tax consultants at the time. Hmm. So he developed amnesia about our payment agreement, so I developed about amnesia about where I went to work, and I went off on my own. And he says to me as I'm leaving, you can't take any of my clients. I said, I don't need to take your clients. I built this business. The whole industry knows me, not you. And they're going to come to me. So I'm not worried about it. So that's how I got in the aircraft tax business. Baseball. <laughs> Baseball. All right. What's great about that story, Tom, is, is that, you know, you're an entrepreneur that leans forward, looks at problems 
and basically grabs them and takes the opportunity, you know, seizes the opportunity. And so, you know, that's really what we've been talking about here over this whole last day is people looking around them and what's happening and, you know, seizing the opportunity. And, uh, you know, you've told us about seizing the opportunity, about recommending that people seize the opportunity to reduce their tax or eliminate their tax liability when they're buying airplanes. And the end result is, is that you're helping aviation to be successful. That's the bottom line, you know, is really what it really is. Hey, are you a pilot or not? No, I'm, you want to know the truth? Yeah. I tell people I didn't have time to learn how to fly because I was spending 50 or 60 hours a week coaching baseball and 50 or 60 hours a week running my tax business. The reality is I'm afraid of it. (laughs) I ain't going to do something I'm afraid of. Uh, well, you're certainly helping other people to do it. That's for sure. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Part of that story is you, you, you didn't ask the question, so you wouldn't know this, but my favorite kind of car is one that comes with a driver in the front. So it's the same philosophy. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right. Yeah. Well, very good. Well, listen, Tom, you know, I think this discussion has been just really uh, very valuable. And I want to wrap this session up here today by just asking you is, you know, for those out there that are trying to figure out how to grow their businesses right now, um, I know we're going to be talking about another session, which I'm really looking forward to about how you grew your business or how you're growing your business in hard times right now. But what brief advice can you give to people right now if they're looking at how do we be successful in this environment that we live in right now today? I don't know if you can see it behind my head right there. Yep. Read that book, 10X, written by Grant Cardone. Yeah. It's what I consider the Bible, how to move forward. Now, I love Grant. I'm a partner with Grant in multifamily housing. I I buy a lot of his programs. I'm involved with Cardone Ventures. He's such a trustworthy, high ethics guy that he could tell me to jump off a building and I'd think about it. I won't do it, but I'd think (laughs) about it. He has a whole series of books, and I strongly recommend that you read them. And because I'm a licensee of his, if anybody needs any help with anything, all they got to do is call me. My phone number is 916-691-9192, and you'll find out why people tell you, call Tom. And you'll see my email address, and you'll see Dallas, my marketing manager's address on there. I'd love to talk to you. I'd love to help you. Love to get involved with you. Love to help you expand your business. And I have some information for you. It's going to tear down a lot of your fixed ideas about how to do a business and how to do sales and how to increase your personal income. I guarantee it. Yep. I'll definitely tell you is, is that Grant Cardone changed my perspective a number of years back. You know, I picked up a book of this crazy guy sitting on the nacelle of an airplane. Okay. Be obsessed or be average was the book. Obsessed, be obsessed or be average, right? And I saw that book and I said, what is this guy doing sitting on an airplane? What does he mean, be obsessed or be average? And, you know, it really connected with me because I realized that to be successful in things, we really need to be engaged in what we do and be obsessed with success. And so anyway, that's one of the things that we're going to talk about. So as a plug for that, Tom, I'm looking forward to that discussion on Thursday because I really believe in that philosophy. And so, hey, listen, um, you know, you're, you've been a successful guy and you're really making a difference to people in aviation and people that are making a difference in aviation are important to us because we really believe that um, as leaders, we need to lean into recovery in aviation and we need to move forward. We don't need to sit and wait. We need to look for the opportunities, understand what's happening around us and move forward to create success and not leave it dependent upon, you know, other people to make decisions for us. We need to decide what we need to do and to move forward. And I clearly see you doing that, Tom. And that's really exciting to see your success in your business. 
Well, thanks for acknowledging that. People don't. Yeah, well, absolutely. Absolutely. Hey, listen, I want to tell people real quick, if you're looking at the agenda, when you went to live at recoverynavigation.com, Tom told you some ways that you could get a hold of him. But uh, in addition to that, we have a line item on the agenda for Tom, and there's a button next to it that says, I want more information. And you can actually push that button. And if you do, you can put in your name and your phone number. We're going to forward those leads to Tom, which will help him as well. And then after that, there's a thank you page, which allows you to go to his LinkedIn or his email or to his website. And so um, we want to provide connections with, between people because together we believe that we can work together to create success together within the industry. Can I add one thing? Yes, sir. It doesn't matter to me when you call me if you have a California problem or not. If you want to get into the aviation business, I'll help you. I know so many people in this industry. And if you're a resident of Arkansas, I'll do whatever I can to help you. I promise you. I believe you. I believe you at that. So we'll end it with that. And I want to tell everybody one last thing is that we've had a great day today. And I think we had 12 speakers today, Larry, didn't we? I think it was 12, I think. Yeah, I think so. And, uh, we've been going since uh, five o'clock this morning. It's been a good run today. We've learned a lot of information. and um, But we know that everybody couldn't watch all the videos today. We didn't expect you to. And uh, so we've recorded all these videos and we actually are putting them into a portal of which you can actually access um, and watch them later on uh, or go watch videos that you missed or whatever. We're just charging a very nominal fee for it. And so if you go to our, our page there, um, there actually is a button that says all access pass and you can actually gain access to those additional videos for a very nominal fee. So um, we're, we're really happy that you have joined us today and we're looking forward to um, having a wrap up session in about uh, 25 minutes. Um, Larry and I are going to have a wrap-up session. We're going to talk about the day today and talk about what's coming up uh, for tomorrow. So, Tom, thank you for giving us part of your day and joining us, and we wish you the best of success, and we're going to see you again on Thursday. Looking forward to it. Okay. Thanks, Tom. Great thank you. Well, that was fun, wasn't it? I'm invested in your business and personal success, and I hope you found this episode of the podcast insightful. If you or your business is ready to grow, check out my website, 10 Excellence. This is the way that you do that. The number 10, then xlenz.com. Be sure to follow me and send questions on Facebook at Arrow and Marine Tax Professionals and on Twitter and YouTube at Thomas Alston. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you on our next episode.